Welcome back, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW Licensed Clinical Social Worker, and Harav Nissen, Lazary over here. Well, how you doing? It's great. Yeah. Now, we have a primitive way how to, uh, that somebody will hear also me, you know? Yes. <laughs> and uh, we have Boch Hashem, we have... Uh, Good day, you know, unfortunately we lost uh, a very good close friend uh, to the Jerwood Radio, Rabbi Weinreth, and Tiyan Shmatot Zohar B'Zohar Chaim. Amen. And, uh, you know, uh, how are you? You look uh, full of uh, merits, you know? Yeah, energy. <laughs> energy and, you know, like, the face. Yeah, I did what they call sometimes self-care. Oh, I didn't realize I still have my lenses on. Ah, I'm coming. I went, I took the day off of work and I did some physical exercise. I went skiing and it was, yeah, I was supposed to go yesterday for two days. But, you know, the danger with the driving, I figured it's better to stay safe. And I went today and ah, it's energizing. You're seeing the flow of Sabaira. It was, it was beautiful and energizing, as you said. You know, it's funny because, you know, think, people thinking that when you're doing exercise, you will be tired and this, it's opposite. I remember, yeah. I, I used to do Tai Chi and all this stuff. It's, you finish the session, you're like a new person. It's very, you know, that's why the Rambam said, you know, that's what we need to focus on just before we take callers I want to address one thing last week the last caller I got three messages regarding it and I didn't speak it to a Rav a lady called up in her I would assume an, an older lady let's say 50 and above where she volunteers in an old age home and there she helps them sing like songs you know those things and there's an issue with an older man maybe she'll call in today maybe she won't but a couple people sent me messages that how can i help her work out with this older man if having a lady sing in an old age home is kalisha so two things i'd like to mention number one that i have said that we're not going to halachic area i don't know what the halacha is and number two, what we know in the future is if I will think or if I will pick up that there could be a halachic question, we might change the question in a way that it won't be a halachic question. So maybe I would change it where you gave out papers and the person was upset you gave out papers. So I had a mind to speak to a Rav. I did hear from someone that told me that Rabbanim, what they help out is if you have a couple of people singing together, then it's not a problem. But I don't want to go into the details. So I just want to give that waiver, that Merit Hashem. I learned from my experience that if it's a question in halacha, we'll try to change the question, something along those lines. All right, Harv Nissen, let's go ahead and take we'll some callers that we've Ms. got. L from Starting from Miss L from England, you're on with Mordechai. Yes, hello? Yes, you're on. Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for your hotline. It's amazing, wonderful, and it really, really helps so many people. And I must say, you have an amazing talent in just understanding people and really helping them. So thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Now to my that. question. Um, basically, I listened to one of your programs of Nature's. Yes, the 48 and 49 in section 1. Yeah, so basically I identified myself as a playful energy. You don't find um, yourself, please say that again. Wait, sorry, say that one. Wait, hello, hello, hello. Hold on, let me get a word in. Could you just repeat the last part? You don't find yourself where? So I basically said, is it a contradiction to having close friends? Because... In order to have a close friend, you need to share difficulties. And if everything is so, like, happy and cheerful, then, then 
if you don't have a hard day, then like, what do you share? And in this way, you don't, you don't form a, a deep connection. So I think you're mentioning two different programs. Hold on, let's first clarify what you're referring to. You're referring to natures, or you're referring to how to make close friends? There are two different programs. Both together. Wow. I'm referring to both. Having Whoa, the playful so energy. So you put everything together. Let's 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 divide it two. I'm a little bit of a clear person. When we make whole challenge, we might end up with a completely different uh, <laughs> stew that we made. So let's divide your question. What's your first part? What did you take out of the program, out of your natures? Which natures, which three natures did you find yourself in? I only identify myself as a playful energy. Only and playful? Come on, there's the energy. balance. There's the balance. Where's the balance Hashem gave you? There's got to be the two opposites. If you found yourself in one, then you got to re-listen to it. Part of nature? Say that again. So, what do you mean? Uh, and now the two two other parts of the nature. No, what I explained is in that program is that the Rabbeinu Shlalem, if he would just give us, let's say, the nature of confidence, without the mm -hmm. balance, the doubt, someone might jump yeah. to the roof and say, "I have a munah b'tachin Hashem, and I'm going to jump off the roof, and He'll save me." So Hashem gives us counterbalance in our brain, the doubt, and there are different types of natures that will cause us doubt. One person will be exacting the corrector nature. Another person could be emotional and could start having feelings. What happens if not? There are different balances. So that's why when I explain the program, don't find yourself in one. It's meant to find yourself in top three of them that you use, and you'll find that one or two of them will be opposites to each other. Ah. Uh -huh. So, I see. Oh, but I didn't really find anything opposite than playful. Well, are you cheery? Are you the most cheery, positive person at all times and you never have any doubts at all? Do you sing in the middle of Yom Kippur, uh, your lady, out loud in front of Shul because now you're in <laughs> such a playful mood? No, really not. Oh, so what's but holding you back? Which nature holds I you back? I don't know. I just see everything positive. I, I didn't ask that question. I'm wonderful you think positive. Don't you think it's amazing you're getting in a Hisaris and you're davening to Hashem out loud, singing out loud, and there's Kalisha. What's holding you back? What thoughts are holding you back? Holding me back from what? Oh, from, from being happy even in times of seriousness? Seriousness or doing things. Playful is a person that's childish. You ever see a two-year-old, three-year-old, they want to play right now and they don't want to stop? What holds yeah. you back? What gives you the regulation? What gives you the balance? The balance is that it's not the right thing to do now. In every situation, you need to work out what's the right thing. So if it's a Yom Kippur and it needs to be serious, then I'll be serious. But in general, in general, my day-to-day -day life, and I do find that I'm more um, very positive and just cheery and everything is just like, it's good. So how does that connect with having close friends if you don't, if you don't share any difficulties? I'll, let's take, you see, you jump, that's why I like dividing one and two, because you've jumped from one to two when we have a problem with one. You're like, imagine you got to learn first plus, plus before you learn times and times before you learn division. So yeah. we haven't gotten plus and you're already jumping to times. So number one, I would recommend you listen to program 48 and 49 again in section one. And you call back and you give us the two opposite natures that you've got. There's playful and find other ones. There are 18 natures there. So it should be easy for you to find yourself. Find you got to find the top three natures. If you can't find the top three natures, then we can't go to the second part of your question. Because the second part of your question has got nothing to do with problems. Who said in the program on how to make friends, there's nothing over there about sharing problems. There might be a component of it sharing problems, but the largest part is about sharing personal information. 
I don't even know where you got so difficulty. It almost, it almost sounds like you didn't even listen to the programs correctly. <laughs> not, not, you know what I mean? I, I, that's like I think I've said it like a thousand times in them. Like not even once, like a thousand times. Like when I started the program, it was extremely important to find yourself in the top three of them and see the balance. And recognizing how parents and children will have the opposite natures. There's so much in there about finding the top three, four natures and understanding yourself. So I would recommend you All listen right. to number 48 and 49 and find your top three to four natures that you got. This way you okay, will understand. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. And, and then about making friends, it's about sharing personal information. The more you talk about general outside stuff, the less personal it is, the less you will connect, unless you're a person that likes connecting to other people that are also not so personal. Person, um, uh, how should we use the yeah. word? More emotional. For an example, some people like talking about sports. It's a very technical, out there, nothing about me type information. This one yeah. will win, this one didn't. This one got the basket and this one got the hockey and this one scored the goal. It's nothing yeah. about you. And if people that enjoy speaking about outside stuff and, they, and two people appreciate that, so you've got common ground, now they just formed a friendship. But that's not oh, emotional yeah. and yeah. personal levels. So now when you're asking how do you make best friends and to connect, it. There are so many different levels. It's about finding common information, common interests, and connecting. Mm -hmm. But to make a best friend, a best friend is someone that you will have experiences with, the good, the bad, the ugly. Ah, uh, right. But those yeah, programs... Yeah, I think that, that my question now. I know because that. Because I don't and have to be only the difficulties, but it can be any personal information or anyone that shares the same... The same type of, of thing. For example, like just um, discussing not, not personal information, then this how. And we can connect. So I guess it did answer my question. Excellent. Now, if you'd listen to those programs, there are about 15 different bits of advice that I've given there, not just one. Not just this little bit. Oh, There's okay. a lot <laughs> Yeah, there. I'll re-listen really to them. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank my you. pleasure. And thank you for staying up so late all the way from England. The number <laughs> yeah, to call okay. in. Good evening. Sure, Bye. good evening. The, the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And if you'd like to text, which again, we really take the call in questions, um, it's 347-927-8398. Hi, Rav Nissen, who do we have next? Mrs. P. Mrs. P, you're on with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Hello. Hi. Yeah, let me ask you, what are the most common symptoms of um, attention deficit disorder in adults. Oh, wow. That's a big one. Harvness, how would you like to? Oh, you don't want to touch this one. Okay. The reason why I'm hesitant with answering this question is because attention deficit hyperactive disorder, which today they're all, it's not ADD anymore. They call everything ADHD and anxiety. And sometimes, believe it or not, even depression and sometimes mm -hmm. a touch of mania can all look the same. And that's why you need to see the person. You need to go down a chart list. So I'm hesitant. I will tell you the information, but please, when I say that, keep in mind it could be any one of those above that I've said, and therefore we're not diagnosing. Okay. All right. So attention. And notice I'm going to say that, and then I'll even explain how it could be anxiety and how it could even be depression at times. Okay. Okay. So attention deficit hyperactive disorder basically means that when a brain, let's say an average mind, drives on the speed limit of 55 to 60 per hour, attention ADD brains or ADHD minds go 100 miles per hour.
Now, mm-hmm. once you understand this concept, now let's go ahead and look at what are the tetsois, what are the bottom line, or what are some of the, what's the right word for that in English? Um, basically, what would it look like if someone's got ADD, if the brain is moving faster? Number one, these people will, can be nervous or tense. Number two, these people can start projects and never complete a project. Number three, this person is usually extremely creative, very bright, but for whatever reason, in a grounded level, won't accomplish most of the tasks. So they have ideas, they'll tell everyone ideas, but not ground it. These people also are someone that are very into righteousness, yesher, tzedek. It bothers them when they see falsehood or people that, that aren't doing the right things, and it could eat them up to a very strong level. Another level of people that have ADD is that they can sometimes put two weeks of solid, intense energy into something, into a project, and then drop out instantly. Just need hours and hours of sleep for two weeks as well. ADD people are those that will have every reason why something did not work out because they were counting. They'll never do things on their own. They'll usually have partners or others with them. And the minute that person won't do it their way or doesn't work out the way it was agreed upon, these people can many times stop deals and they'll be blaming the other person. Now, let's go take that to anxiety. When someone is anxious, it means their skin is like raw. Imagine when there's like raw skin and then you touch it. You know, the person screams, ow, it hurts. Now, anxiety has the same symptoms. These people are very tense. These people are aware of everything and they feel the pain of everything. They start ideas and they start projects and they can't complete it because of the pain that happens of doing and living a project. These people um, can, when they get excited, then it's like the pain is numbed or their anxiety is numbed and they're fully into the project. But the minute it gets overwhelming, then they drop out and then they stop it. These are people that they always need others to work along with them, partners in the business or someone else. And they want that person to take over the tough parts to them. Does that make sense so far? How I just told you the same diagnosis that can fit for ADD, ADHD and fit for anxiety. Yeah, I see. And then if I would take it further to depression, you would have it very similar. Many people with depression, they feel sad. So they've got so many ideas in their mind, but they can't actualize it. There are people that they've got so many creative thoughts, but it's not. And then when they get that energy to break through, to give that week or two where they try to do a project, but then they lose it because of their depression. So if I would take certain diagnoses, that's the problem. The big issue that I have with everyone, they start shooting diagnoses. There are specific questions that we ask that helps us sift through which diagnosis criteria does it fall under. And many times you'll have different professionals disagree with one another. What's the, diag- what's the diagnosis? And many times in the diagnosis is where you will find the type of treatment that you need. So now that I explained to you, do you realize how complicated it is? Yes. Okay. Now, uh, what would be your... Let's go to one part, one part of it that you said, difficulties completing tasks. Yes. What if I have a difficulty beginning tasks? What if they have difficulties beginning? What if, like, it's, I think it's a focusing or concentration issue. Mm-hmm that I can't bring myself to start doing things 
it's like laziness, but I'm like not organized. Now again, it can fit under ADHD. It can fit under anxiety. It can fit under depression. People Why that all three? Um, of course. Okay, Avnison. From our commercial, also can be from sleep apnea. Right. We and you know, we know that some people don't sleep good, and they have all these uh, issues. Yeah, but let's just take this. Someone that has ADD, they can't get their ideas going. Someone that has someone that is depressed already knows from experience that their that their tasks never fall through, never c get completed. So therefore they are stopping, they won't even start. Someone with anxiety knows the tension because they know what are the process steps that they're going to have to take and they're not able to take them because of life experiences already show them they start a project and they stop so they won't even start. And that's the difficulty that people come to me that Baruch Hashem, they are educated but still not licensed and doesn't have experience. And then many times I need to disagree with them or spend two, three sessions explaining to them why it's one diagnosis, why my opinion is it's one diagnosis, over another. It's still, and why do these people get depressed? Yeah, it happens to go together. Mm. So that's why adult ADD or ADHD gets complicated to diagnose and we need to rule out and we want to find out in the childhood how they were. And sometimes we'll only know when we start medication or the different types of therapy process, if we'll, whatever the therapy process it is. What if this thing runs in the family? It's like a big Jewish energy. Again. And they have a lot of relatives who have the same problem. Yep. So it can be depression. It could still be anxiety. It could still be ADHD. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not, if you notice, I'm not permitting you to limit it to one diagnosis if it wasn't done professionally. It can be anxiety. It can be that the grandmother or the grandfather was anxious and the parents are anxious and the kids are anxious and anxiety and ADHD many times look alike. But could I say that depression does not come in here because we're all happy and always laughing about it? Laughing and inner... Apathy can still be depression. Mm -hmm. Depression doesn't mean that the person's face is sad. Many people that are depressed, especially now, I'm going now two weeks on my phone line, where we're addressing day after day questions about medications, and people, uh, the messages that we're getting are saying, if you would look at me, you would know, you would never think I'm someone that takes medication. The amount of people that have inner sadness, that feel inside, I just don't feel life, or inside saying, I'm got everything, Baksha married, children, Parnaso learning, and there's just no life. Inner depression is no, does not matter how it looks on the outside. Um. So again, it takes a professional to be asking, to be going through the various diagnosable questions. How long are you feeling this? How strong is it? Is it first your concentration was going? Do you know you're not going to succeed? Do you have thousands of ideas in your mind? What were your experiences? There's so much that we want to address. Do you think if a lot of family members have it, do, so we all need to go separately to a therapist and get a diagnosis? Well, I would ask you a question like this. If you've got five family members that have a heart condition, would you tell the sixth one to still go to a medical doctor, or would you say you probably have a heart condition and just take my husband's medication? What would you do? Um, I don't think they compare, so what? 
Oh, they don't compare? Okay, then... then it's like a joke in the family, like someone named it the P family syndrome or something like that. Okay. That's it's like laziness that runs in the family. Again, I'm not hearing now a question. I'm hearing you'd like to hear what you'd like to hear, and I'm sorry that I can't give that to you. <laughs> oh, no, so I hear that we all need to go get diagnosed. Well, I don't know why we're busy with all. Let's start with one. Okay. Let's start with one. You see, when we talk about all, I start getting overwhelmed just hearing that. An entire family of maybe there are 40 family members, and we're now going to get everyone diagnosed. Wow, that pressure. I hear, let's start with one person. Let's start the therapy process. Let's see what the diagnosis is. Let's get their life successful. Now let the next family member say, wow, you've changed your life in six months or to a year. Maybe I should go, great. Oh, that one has a little bit of a different diagnosis. Yes, it's similar, but it's a little bit different. Let them get their life better. And then also you've got two family members that are energized, successful, starting tasks you know, going through the process of tasks and completing tasks and being happy on the inside as well and just feeling there's a purpose to life. And then we've got two people together. What a whirlwind positive ripple effect that will have going further. Oh, so does this go like Yerusha energy if a few people start changing it? Yes. And the other ones will go along? Oh, definitely. Oh, uh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just got to be careful. And all the other ones, the word all is a problem. Chances are that many others will be changing, yes. So many others will become organized and focused? Very possible. And maybe they'll start the therapy process, of course. Oh, wow. Yeah. It always starts with one. We need to realize that Rabbi Shlalem, every great organization that we have today, the wonderful jwitradio.com, has started with one. Bona Olam started with one. RCCS started with one. Darius Sharm started with one. It all starts with one. And from one, everything happens. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Sure. My pleasure. Hatzlacha. And have a great evening. We'll go to We're going to Moishi. Moishi, you're on the air with Mordechai. And the number to call in is 718-683-5858. Oh, the line's backed up. Yeah, the texts I see. There's a lot. Some texts are really touching. All right. So you tell me which one you'd like, Ravnison, because it's so long that when I'm reading, I lose my concentration. All right. We're with Moishi. Let's go, Moishi. You're on with Mordechai and Nisim. Yes. Hi. Yes. First, I want to thank for your phone line. Yes. I listened to it very last. Especially, I enjoyed the last topic, Section 6. Wait, say it again. You liked, you preferred which topic? Sorry? I enjoyed the topic, Section 6. Yes. Great. Medication. Okay, so I'd like to ask if someone... Can you speak a little louder into the phone? Yes. If someone is constantly in therapy for OCD, and yeah. the therapist now opened all old ones, Yes. And the person feels now depressed. Is it yeah. called a setback or is it a therapeutic process? Therapeutic process. Okay, uh, so it's normal? Oh, very, very normal. In fact, you might even find the OCD might be covering up that pain. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's part of the reason. Let's recognize, let's identify the two. Two points. Life coaching is a fantastic system. Life coaches do not deal with the past. They deal with the present and future. 
So if there's a coaching, you got to know, how do I get my business from $100 to $1,000? The coach will tell you, you got to make 10 calls a day. You got to go out and then they'll call you up that day for those that do that type of coaching. Did you make the call? You didn't do it yet? Go ahead and do that. They will deal with the future. It doesn't heal the inside. That's coaching. Therapy, most of us are not trained in the coaching unless they've taken an ABA, a behavioral course, or read some books on behavioral, which is very much coaching. And to heal the inner core, you need to deal with the past. I've heard coaching that attack therapy for dealing with the past. There's a reason why we go to the past, because if you don't heal the past, then you're going to be stuck with it. And many times what we find is depression, OCD, anxiety are all primarily related to past pains and how we are trying to navigate through life, not experiencing or re-experience that pain. So if there was an OCD many times, and also with addictions, the therapist will start finding what were the pains going on in your life when you started? What were you trying to self-medicate? Again, this word? Self-medicate is the word. When people do things to cover up their pains. Uh So the word that we use is called self-medicating. Unfortunately, people that take drugs, it's called self-medicating. People that take Mm -hmm. alcohol, it's self-medicating. And also when people have anxiety, it self-medicates. It takes care of their problem. It, it feels, oh, I'm so worried about this, I don't have to focus on my other problems. So I guess the OCD could would be gone if the therapy... If we do the right therapy? With siyata Again, I don't know the level of OCD. I don't know what's happening in the OCD. I don't know how... I don't know if the OCD started just after this stress happened. This, they are so much involved. Mm-hmm. Many times you might need to have medication as well involved or vitamins. I just want you to be aware. Therapy, it depends how long, how deep, and how, and how severe the symptoms are now that... that you know, that all depends on this answer. Can therapy help it is a very broad answer that I, I wouldn't say a yes or no. That's very, very dependable. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for your answer. You're very, very welcome. Thanks. All right, here we have a quick question. Where does one hear my programs on 48 and 49, The Natures? So I have a phone line, which I have dedicated Lil Nishmas, my father, and that number is 718-298-2011. That's again, 718-298-2011, and it's in section one. I have over there about 62 shiurim. Number 48 and number 49 are about 18 different natures. I've divided half and half, so I've got about nine, eight or nine of them in each of those programs, as well as Makairas, which are beautiful Makairas from the 12 Shvatim, how each Shevet had their Koyach and their personal nature, as well as the Gemara Masech the Shabbos that has that the 12 different Mazalas where a person's born into, that they have their different natures, basically all validating that we are unique and that we have different Koyachas, and that is, so I've divided, those are my, like, sort of my thoughts of the different natures that are in there. But, of course, it's all up to you guys. You can add on, delete, copy, paste, whatever you'd like with those programs and take it into your family and into your nature. As well, if people would like, there's a daily text that comes out from my website, a winner formula. You can sign up to your emails, and they're beautiful motivational quotes. And every day I explain for about a minute or less that daily motivational quote. So it's like a little daily chizik that I personally enjoy doing. And Mordechai, I want to announce also that we, JRoot Radio opened a, a new group of JRoot Radio on, on the WhatsApp. Oh. And uh, we are going to also to combine all this. Uh, That's uh, good. Divrei chizuk. 
and we'll announce it this way. The Shem will work better, nice and better to all of our listeners. Okay, thank you for telling that to us. Excellent. And so, yeah, you know, I want, I want to, you know, so every every text here is a touching. Every text yeah, is something I'm looking uh, this. very very unique. I want to touch something about that touch my uh, attention. My art is I am a father of five. Baruch Hashem, I work full time and my wife works part time. Our income does not cover expenses. You know, say tuition, rent, food, etc. etc. We do. You want to continue this? No, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead. You picked it. Go ahead. Okay. Sure. So, where is the mic? We do not spend behind our means and not into luxury or gadgets, but not covering basic. I'm being asked, well, what were we thinking? Do don't don't you know? Kids cost. I'm feeling like a loser. That's what touched me. You know. Yes. And I have been. Uh, I have, yeah, a, it's probably a basic salesman job. job. I don't have a degree or manager position. I do feel responsibility for my family, but now feeling drowning. Wow, what would you say to the uh, You know, first of all, I just, uh, today with all this kind of crisis, tuition and the, 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 the highly uh, expenses, it's not easy. I, I really, it's touched my, uh, my heart because we, we all, we're all in the same boat. We're really all on the same boat. One thing that I want to tell you that, that don't feel, first of all, don't feel like a loser. This is the, 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 the thing that, this is your task. This is your now nisayon uh, of how to keep it. And you can take sometimes a little bit time to yourself and start studying. Studying, get advantage on, on you. Maybe, maybe you are in the wrong business. Degree is that it's not, it doesn't guarantee you money. Degree is doesn't no. guarantee you uh, wealth. I know people that don't know how to write and read, and I met some of them. And, uh, and they're billionaires, really uh, rich people. And I know that people have degree and all the kind of degree, and they're barely making the month. So this is not something that, but try to find something that uh, really can be, look at, look out of the box, look out the box. And beside this, I would say that, again, I'm going to uh, back to the, the Emunah, that right now, the only one that the Kadosh Baruch Hu, Ma'ashir, Marim Umurid, is, is lifting up and down us, you know, whatever it is, Yeshuat Hashem Kerefayin. And Bermet is it, it's 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 happened. It's not it's not uh, it's not something that I would say. I saw in my eyes that people was rich and they lost everything. That people didn't have nothing, gaining the money. And Bezal Hashem, we will see the, the the best of all of. But don't feel loser and just try and try to do even just uh, even something that a very simple sake like it. But the dude, you know. Go talk, talk yourself, take you to yourself like a uh, half an hour a day. Talk with the Borosh, And I would say this is give you a much, much better perspective and on this life. Wow. Beautiful. Um, I would probably just agree with Rav Nissen with everything that he said. Um, I would just give you my little thoughts, and it's going to be a little bit the other way. And then we'll give you the chizuk. And that is, you know what's sad about your question? That every single person that I've ever worked on or met all agree with you. 
whether they've got money, and they go, but my kid Chas Shalom isn't on the derech. Or they've got Torah and then Chas Shalom, uh, someone isn't healthy. Whatever it is, we need to realize, and I've dedicated an entire program on my phone line that I have called all Labadigiyasaimim. And that means we all have something that people would wish they would have five healthy, wonderful kids and a wonderful Shalom Bayez that you have, and your whole stress is money. And it's easy for me to say that, but you know how many times I find myself complaining and saying, wow, uh, I don't have this, and that one has got that. And then I need to remind myself, going, let me make the checklist of what Hashem has given me and how much I have received and how much He still gives me. And I say so many times, Hashem is so much kinder to me than I am to Him. And I'm just trying to appreciate just a little bit and to remind myself how great the Rabbi Nishleilam is. So that is one concept I just want you to realize that you might be in a worse situation, but at the same time, you to realize, unfortunately, that is the problem of this generation, that we're busy going around seeing what we don't have. And it's not just you. This is something that I definitely suffer with, and I sometimes discuss it with my wife, that I need to remind myself, Baruch Hashem, how much He has given me. He's given me beyond more than I've ever dreamed of. At times in my own sessions that I work on, I go, if the Rabbi Einstein would tell me at 80 years old, 90 years old, he'll give me the opportunity to speak on a program and to help thousands of Yid, and I would say, if I could get that at 80, wow, what a great gift. And here the Rabbi Einstein has given it to me at so much earlier. And if the, if the Rabbi Einstein would tell me, I'll give you Shalom Bayes, if I reach Shalom Bayes at 80, I would be so appreciative, and he's given it to me today. And the Rabbi Shalom, if he would tell me at 80, you're going to have six kids, can I know her, and they're all healthy and wonderful and sweet, and going on the derech, I would say, wow, Rabbi Shalom, I am honored to have that at 80, and he's given it to me now. But yes, when I get bogged down with that classical human problems here, this doesn't work out, and that doesn't work out, and it takes over your head, that whole buzzing, the bzzz, how life just gets into your brain. So all I want you to know is that I feel like you many times, and many times I need to get that reminding myself how to be so appreciative. So I want to add now. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I want to say Mazal Tov to my wife. It's her birthday today. Oh. <laughs> and uh, long, not long time ago, we discussed something. I had, I had exactly the same in my head. I, I missed something, and I, I was... It Some says we're getting messages. Your microphone is very low, or we're not hearing it. This is the second one we got. Okay, so I'll check. I'll check. Oh, it we'll out. check it okay, after. Check it Hold on. Let's switch okay. this mic to you. No, but so I, I'm saying that uh, I spoke with. I complained somehow, not so complained, but to my wife, and she said, "Nisim, what do you want? You got so much, pre- so many presents, Baruch Hashem. So just something that you didn't get it. So <laughs> then, really, I, I'm really appreciate, uh, as you say, about every single stuff that I have." And everything, stuff that we're doing here, and this is really, really big chizuk to, to me and uh, and talking to myself all the time, and to the Kadosh Baruch Hu, Toda Thank you. Yeah, just along those lines, Baruch Hashem, had this. My brother got married, had the most amazing mechutanim, just the most amazing girl. Like you know, my brother married. It's just every single step is just so thankful. So my father isn't here. Yes, it's a huge loss, but there is so much to be appreciative. There are a bunch of So, that, and now let me give you the little simple dvatari that I like keeping in mind. I heard it from Pam Zatzal, my Rebbe, and we you know when you hear sometimes something from someone, it just penetrates. And the vart that he says is about done. 
Let's imagine that Don, one of the 12 Shvatim, is by Yaakov Avinu, and Binyamin has 10 kids, and Don only has one boy, and this son, this is actually a Chafetz Chaim that Rav brings down, and then he added on, he says, and this one son is Chushan, as Rashi explains the Medrash, because he was deaf. Imagine what it's like, all the Shvatim are there with their boys learning, by Zayda Yaakov, as he says, on their lap, learning Torah, and there's this one boy that's deaf. How do you think Don felt when he looked at that? But yet, in Parshas Pinchas, when it finishes off counting the Shvatim and the numbers of people, Don had second to the largest amount of people, second to the largest. Shevet Yehuda had the most, and Don had second to the largest. And his concept that the Chavetz Chaim says in the Rav Palm took further is that let's recognize, let's not look life at this moment. Let's not judge life, where am I right now? Let's not judge how Rabbi Kiva must have thought, not we know Rabbi Kiva, but us, that Rabbi Kiva, he's being killed, his skin is being combed by the, by the, by the Syrians, by, by, those, by them. And what happened is, they only had five, five Talmidim where he retaught Tyra after 24,000 were killed. What has happened? Look at Tyre that we have today. We might not see it with our flesh, as they say, with our eyes, but to know that we got to do our best. And with that note, let's go take another question. <coughs> Mrs. G. Mrs. G, you're on with Mordechai and Nisim. It's me? Yes, that's you. Okay, hello. I'm the teacher that called in about the letter that I asked my students to write. Oh, yes. We got so many <laughs> feedback about that one. Yes. Okay. Well, let's share with everyone your question. Let's share with everyone. Um, Let me share it with you. So her question was that she had a fantastic idea that she had students write what their feelings about to get emotions open, to get thoughts open. And one of the girls was sharing how upset they were that the principal took away some recess or some tech. What was it that the principal took away? Uh, they did celebrations by lunchtime. That's right, and took away their lunch. And your question was, do you react now as a teacher, as an administrator, of, as a faculty member of the school, and now that you read that girl's letter and tell, well, you have to learn to understand it and accept it, or do you take it as an opportunity to discuss it with her to see that she's given you an, a window into her world? And that was our the conversation that we were having is to look at it as an amazing gift that you're an amazing teacher that the kids opened up to you and that they trusted you to read their information their personal thoughts and that you'll handle it correctly. Right. Great. So now I was amazed at the results. Let's hear the results now. And I would like to share it with you. I think it's your credit. First of all, as a teacher, it helped me in a lot of other areas. I I started more, even though I knew it, I was much more clear about it. Like what role I should take when. Excellent. And um, so share with the us. Letter from this, what roles this did you learn to take? To see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, what roles did you learn? If you can just give a little bit more examples, because I think it's very clear. If you can explain, clarify, like certain roles you took, certain certain questions were certain roles. Can you tell us like how you switched roles? First, I, I learned not to take it for granted. Like sometimes when you're in that role and they do share, like you feel like, okay, so they share the feeling, so what, so next, okay, you know what, I understand you. But when you recognize that, that she's sharing the feeling here and she's giving you something of herself, you appreciate it much more. You show it to them so they should want to give you more. Beautiful. Not like just big deal. Beautiful. Ashrecha. Okay, so um, I wonder what you would say to it, but I thought it was amazing how she did it. I took the letter, and it was a rough, so they had to rewrite it to put it, like make it more professional. 
Well, that was like first her frustrations or feelings, so I wrote that, you know, I appreciate you sharing your feeling, you're very real and very out. So basically, like, I, I brought out that she really shared the feelings nicely, and like, I, I appreciate it. Excellent. And when I got in the professional one, I was like, I was sure that she'll probably write every word, you know, word by word, why not? Because I didn't, like, tell her any comments that she shouldn't have written it or whatever. And she wrote, the amazing part that I saw is, like, it sounded like she calmed down, like she saw that I heard her feelings, I heard the messages she was trying to convey. So when she rewrote it, she wrote very, like, much more toned down, much more organized, very, like, relaxed. She brought along the same point that she still wants to have fun and she thinks that there's a lot of rules, but much more in, like, it sounded like she felt understood, so she was, she was willing to bring it out in a more relaxed manner. Yes, brilliant. Now, let's stop a second and just recognize this, that I have a big belief in therapy. And I am a big believer in the human being, in the kayak that the put in a person. And I believe that the more I do in therapy, the more I destroy the person's power. And therefore, those clients that are my clients know how frustrating it is. They think that I am like over here on the radio giving advice, and in therapy, it's just the opposite. It's what do you think you're going to do? What do you think will help you? And as you let the person formulate their own plan, their own ideas, most of the time they won't even have to do their ideas for it to help them. It's about helping the person find their inner balance, their inner voice, listening to themselves and trusting themselves. Beautiful, beautiful. Here you've done therapy without even recognizing that you've done therapy, just letting her express herself and then rewrite that and just acknowledge, validate her feelings. It's a pleasure, like see how clear you are, you express yourself. That might have been all that she needed and that was therapy. That was therapy. Right. So I and from the parents we have in our report card that I also wanted to thank you for. I feel like I came across much better to my students. I used to have such notions about things, but I feel that you created the awareness that you made me aware how to deal, like what the problem is all about. Like I felt like I was much more able to problems well there's just let's clarify when you're speaking i don't know if you're aware but maybe your chin is is like touching some of the dials or your cheek is touching some of the dials on the phone it's like like okay, your i'll can, try to sure I'll try to so that. i'm again going to push you if you can give a detail and those clients of mine are smiling from ear to ear because when they give me a positive things are better i go ah, 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 i need to know what got better so could you give me let's say one example how you're more articulate or more clearer during your during a pta so let's say it was more the one-on-one with students. I I felt like when I looked at them one-on-one, I could more like clearly recognize. Let's say a, a girl came in and she sounded very uncomfortable in her skin. Yes. Like a silly example, she was time she. I recognized then how tense she is. So I I just asked her like a simple question like Are you relaxed? Like you, do you do? Are you the type to ever like read a book for an hour or just for a half an hour like schmooze relaxed? She was saying no, so we discussed just the fact that it, she might just have extra energy, a lot of extra energy, and she might do some exercise before coming to school, and then she might be much more relaxed. Excellent. And I, excellent, hmm? excellent, beautiful, beautiful how you've detailed it and individualized it. So I feel that you created awareness for me to understand much more what's going on in my students' minds and what's going on, like, behavior show on different things. It's not one thing, like, if a student doesn't behave, she's bad, and she does behave. Even though I knew it, I feel like I became much more aware of different kind of things that could go on. 
Beautiful, amazing, and what a schuss, what a schuss. And I felt it from the parents as well. That parent, that particular parent from that girl, she was so appreciative, and I felt like the credit is really yours because created the awareness, the way I should handle it. They were so, so appreciative and so thankful that, you know, I didn't, I didn't close her up, but just opened it up more to have more trust and to, you know, really share. Magnificent. So I want to give you that feedback for that. Good, and I just, much. one other thing I'll do like what I do with my regular clients, and I want to have Nissan to share his thoughts on the matter, um, is as I tell the clients i take part of the credit my little bit i want you to take credit for listening for asking listening integrating it and implementing it so when you said you want to give me the credit as i told all my clients i will take my little piece of it for creating the awareness you will take the complete credit for doing everything else all right, and then we give credit to the Ibishter. Ah, everything from A to Z, and we need to say that at all times, is the Siata Dishmaya. From A right. to Z, yes. Okay, thank you very Wait, much. Wait, Harav Nissa, what would you like to tell this teacher, you know, please? I, first of all, I just want to say thank you. And uh, in the last conversation, we had uh, um, a little bit uh, doubt in the beginning that... Uh, Today we're facing a lot of teachers that uh, somehow become stubborn and the kids losing the trust. And this is what uh, Mordechai here trying to do, that we build again our trust with our kids because kids has a feeling and they need to feel that somebody care about the feeling. And it's not simple. As a parent, it's exactly the same. As a father, I have the same things. You know, we have to listen to our kids' feeling and it's not simple to get the con- they get their complaint on us and what why you did it like this and that, but we have to understand we cannot change the feeling. We can change. We can change our behavior. We can change our our patience and savlanut to get them and try slowly, slowly to give them their own their own direction. And you see the girl slowly moved instead instead to be extremely. They got it. She moved to the to the right way, and slowly, slowly, she got to the to the to the right direction, to the really difficult because somebody care about her, about her feeling, about the things that she she's really thinking about it. That's right. And just to tell you, we got a text over here. Wow! Exclamation mark! And this is all in capital. That's a success. Two exclamation marks. Great teacher. Two exclamation marks. She's bringing up thirty healthy diaries. Two exclamation marks. So people mm-hmm. are cheering you on. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you so much. Aslocha. You're welcome. Amen. <laughs> Mrs. D, you're on with Mordechai and Nisim. Hello? Yes. Hi. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for changing your show um, Monday evening, which I really appreciate. Sure. Okay, my question is a little bit more like a different question. I have a very sensitive and strong um, sense of smell. It keeps me back of doing stuff, like I have an ear. I had an earache, yeah. and I got like a cream that had a very, very bad smell. I didn't put it. I would rather like go around with like an earache. Right. How then, old are you? 17. 17. Okay. So have you ever heard of, have you ever heard me mention exposure therapy at all? Um, yeah, but all I right. didn't really. What exposure therapy is, it's a concept where you want to expose yourself to that uncomfortability. So let me ask you a question. The fact that you're so sensitive, is it to all smells or just to strong smells? Is it to touch as well? It, de- it depends if I, it depends which smells. Like a, few, like a orange. 
Like, if I didn't see a kid, like, even though I didn't see a, a kid eat or peel her orange, if she used her hands, I could smell, and I won't, like, I could ask, like, oh, you ate orange. Like, I, it, like, bothers me, the smell. It irks. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So now let me ask you another question. Um, do you find other things with, t so again, the, the oranges, again, smell. What about touch? Does it bother to you? Does it bother you what type of clothing you wear, how it feels on you? If you touch certain types of quilts or certain types of rough textures, no. does it bother you? No, not touch. Only smell. Only smell. I think so. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm saying you would notice it if things hold yeah, you yeah. back. Yeah, only smell. Um, one other question: Is it certain times of the month, certain times when you get this sense of smell? No, it's always. Always. Okay. Yeah. Does it also have to do if you're very emotional or not? I'm just asking different questions. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. No, I think now, that's always. Okay. Now one more question: Are any of your parents very sensitive to smell? No. For example, I know someone that whenever that their that their parent is very sensitive to sound, and whenever they're in the car, and that parent would say, "Do you have the heating on?" Because I could hear that. Did you just get a message like? And then when kids are trained to focus on something, then they can also be very attuned to that. Music, many times, if parents are very musical, the children can be musical because they're taught and trained. So it's basically your point, your sense of smell. Now, there are two things. One thought is, it could be biological. It means it could be that you, Baruch Hashem, the Rabbi has given you an extra special sense of smell. And that's something that's a great talent. You can smell if there's a fire burning. You can smell the type of food, the taste. You can even smell what ingredients are in there. That's a very strong chush that for those that work in, let's say, perfume industries, it's, it's worth a lot of money. And you can work on perfecting that if there's ever such an option. If it's too much that it bothers you, that it affects you, you might want to start, as I said, that exposure therapy. Start getting close to that strong smells of iron. Start getting used to saying, even though this is hard on me, I choose to push it. Like, I could stand next to a person that, like, I can't touch it, I, I can't do it. Like, if I do, like, um, peel an orange, like, my father would ask me, then I would, like, wash my hands, like, 500 times, like, the smell should, like, really come out. Uh-huh. And how about we could now allow yourself to get used to knowing that just because you smell it, others won't. It's normal. It's okay. And, uh, I... And, no, it's to recognize that this is just normal and it will pass. Let me share with you an example. There are people I know that sleep, let's say, with noisemakers, air conditioners on in the coldest winter to drown out the noise. Yeah, when you put them in camp and the first two weeks they can't sleep because of all the noise, but after three weeks they're just sleeping because they're so knocked out and so exhausted. So it's also about what we train ourselves and what we get used to. That's behavioral therapy. If you would, let's say, peel the orange, not wash your hands, do other stuff that would bother you, after about a week or two, you will notice how very likely that that will go down, that that sense will go down. The question is if you want it to go down. I mean, I don't mind, but like, it's like I, like I tried peeling oranges. It's not, I tried to do those stuff. It doesn't, like, I don't know, I, I just, I, I could stand the smell maybe, but it won't go, it won't like grow less. I still smell the same thing, the same song. And it will irk me like even more. Like I can constantly smell some oranges. Good. So now what was the suggestion we've recommended? Okay. 
could you just repeat it? <laughs> like what? Oh, uh, the, what's the suggestion the that, that I offered I, to do? Oh, that's just keep on peeling oranges and get used to the smell. Not wash like my hands. Right, and not wash it for like an hour after. <laughs> and you will see after twenty minutes how you probably will forget, notice less and less of it. Okay. All right. Thank Great. you. And I'd like to read over here a positive that we got to Harav Nissen, a text. Besides saying thank you, Mordechai, for helping me and giving us so much, I want to thank you, Harav Nissen. I always wish to be something or do something outside my house. But being that I'm living in New York a few, for a few years, I always kept my, myself probably back because of my English isn't great. But after hearing you week after week, you got me, you gave me the guts to do whatever I want to, even if I don't have such a good English. Thanks. You don't know what it means to me. And Mordechai, your shows helped me know what I want. Thank you both for helping me make a big decision. So, uh, first of all, thank you. And I want to say that uh, that uh, my English is not perfect. My English is far away, but uh, also my my pronunciation is very bad. I gr- I, I learned in in England, but uh, I cannot uh, take off my Israeli accent. And I I want to tell you, I came to America f- many years ago, and my English was much worse. But I was sitting with the CFO. And people in in the first line, the matter is the contents. The matter, what are your projection? It's when you t- when you doing things from you are from you believe and you art, nothing can stop you. You don't be ashamed about accent. You don't be ashamed about that you don't know the 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 language very properly and the the dictionary very well. But Baruch Hashem, you know, I I, I came to America. I didn't know Polish, I didn't know Russian, I didn't know Spanish, I didn't Arab. And I grew here, it's Bavel. I found myself talking Polish because my work is a Polish. I found myself talking Spanish because my work is not perfect, but I can communicate. If you are really meant what we are saying, and uh, this is what happened. And one thing, one more thing that I really want to thank Jay or Radio, that it's opened our ears to every different aspect. If it was a music, so it's Hasidic, well, in the beginning was complained that it's too much Sephardic, the Sephardic complained too much Hasidic, too much Ashkenaz, too much Litvin. Today, everybody in, in, I would say in Brooklyn, get the sense of another different language or different earring, you know, that we are not, we are tolerant much more to the, to the uh, other people. And it's not, we don't make fun about. In the beginning, people make fun about my accent and my kids come, oh, Abba, what are you talking about on this in the radio? I said, listen, when we talk from the art, when we do, we're giving to the people the right things, that's what we're going to do. And thank you. Okay, thank you. Harav Nissen, who do we have next? Miss D. We have Miss D. Miss D, you're on with Mordechai and Nissen. Hi, is that me? Yes, that is you. First, I want to express my butterflies that I have been having for the last 20 minutes of holding. Oh, okay. So I appreciate you expressing that. I want to ask my question. I want to take it back, if I can, to the quote. Wait, you just went um, quiet. Please say that again. I want to take the quote back to the caller who called in about Yerusha energies. Yes. One person starting and what happens 
typically with a wrist. Okay, so let's first clarify, because that's a term that I created, sort of. So many people that might not listen to us often will know what that means. What I call Yerusha energy is that, unfortunately, us as not unfortunately, fortunately, the Rabbi Shalom has given kids as an option, as the way we learn, by mimicking, by copying, by seeing. And we pick up everything from our parents, the good, the bad, unfortunately, the bad. And what that means is that many times when parents say, but I never said this, but it's about our feelings to it, and that will come across. So unfortunately, if there's a parent that is very nervous and tense, even though they put up that smile on the outside, but inside there's tension, the kids and the entire house will feel it. And people say there's just so much tension around this person. And unfortunately, when we hang around them long enough, our conscious starts covering up and starts distorting our subconscious messages that we start doubting ourselves and we start believing the denial that they might believe themselves. And this is not just parents. This is when you're around a boss. This is when you're around any person that has negative or positive experiences. Being around them after a while will just make sense. For the so positive, we've gone a little bit away from my question. My question is, as a therapist, for a couple of years, will you feel comfortable sharing your experience where one family member started to change? And what happened with the rest? Did they join? Did they not I, join? I can share you all the above experiences. There are beautiful, positive experiences where, again, let me let me take this question back. It depends. It depends on how severe the family is stuck, how many generations, and how, when I say severe, is how intense they are. Are they mavakshim? Are they people that are always looking, or are they people that are always denying and knocking people away? So we're talking about people who are rather denying and knocking people away. Then when one person changes, from my experience in that Yerusha energy, what happens is the further back generations might not change as much, but they will find that there are other first cousins and second cousins. There might be one aunt or one uncle. So I have a story where someone shared to me that they were changing, and all of a sudden there were two aunts that they were never close with, and all of a sudden it came to a wedding where all the aunts and uncles, not uncles, but all the aunts and cousins were sitting together, and somehow these three started talking, and the two aunts told this, like now their niece saying, you know, it's amazing, we never enjoyed this conversation with you. In fact, when we sit with the family, we usually sit together and we have one or two people to speak to. It's such a pleasure. And what this person has said is being that they're now more positive, they're finding that they're speaking to more to more people that are along those positive lines. So when we talk about Yerusha energy, we're not here about changing others. We need True, to do it. But what happens to the person that goes for the change? He, he, he has the family, he has a surrounding. Now, if they do it out what of... What happens when he goes out and he, 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 while he is creating the awareness, he realizes the dysfunctioning from where he's coming from or she is coming from. It's deep, deep denial that it's not even an opportunity to think of changing others. So I will tell you, your, your, past your, mm-hmm. your question is putting How a lot of soul. Normally, what is the process? Okay, so your question is putting a huge amount of salt on a very open wound by me. 
Why is that? Because Baruch Hashem, the Rabbi Shalom has sent me a beautiful siyata deshmaya with helping people. And when I'm not able to help, I could pick it up within two, three sessions, and almost no one walks out of my office not well, or let's say going down worse. And that's one of the first things I try to do. Unfortunately, there was a case several months ago that it got tremendously worse because I got involved. I made them aware of issues, and unfortunately, they were not able to handle it, and I made it worse. And for many evenings, I lost sleep. I've had several sessions on that. And now, because of that experience, when I work on certain cases, which I've done, I told the, I give now that this little awareness, saying that please be aware that you're coming in. I hear huge amount of issues in the background, and changing or being aware of what's happening might affect your life on a tremendous level. So, what I do when I get a client like that, we first need to realize: is the environment safe? to get them aware of their pain. And I've just had a client literally the past week that had the third session, and we both agreed. I didn't even charge them for that third session. Within 10 minutes, I said, there is so much pain in you, and opening that up or going through that can make your situation worse. I don't want to be that person to do it. And that person said, I don't either have the strength to do it. So I will so even take a look. This isn't really my question. When somebody does have the strength to go into it and do it, but his background is the parents and siblings from where they're coming from are in denial, and you have contact with them. But what now, happens well, let's 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 recognize that. So then, let's identify that. Now, I hear your question very differently. Not let's, talking about the one that took the step. I'm talking about what happens when you took the step. You're growing. You're taking the change. Sure. Automatically, you're more aware of the dysfunction. You don't feel like cutting off with your family because it's your family. Uh, why does that? Why, why does wait? Why why do we have to go so extreme? When people change for the positive, what happens is there's forgiveness and acceptance, and we understand where our parents or grandparents or cousins are coming from. We can love them, and we see the positive to them. Everyone's got positives and negatives. Why why is there a, a, the extreme? I'm not hearing that now. So if you if you grew up in a dysfunctioning home where negativity is sure, but isn't there positives? Do okay? they do chesed, quote unquote? Let's say there are people that they're able to take charge and they're in crisis, they sure, can lead. They can do so many nice Excellence. things. Excellent. Yeah. When that sibling will walk in, they will attack it. Oh, you're doing this and that. Then, then what I would really recommend is that that, let's say that person that's going for therapy or being aware hasn't done yet their healing process and they're still in that energy of pain. So, so you're, the answer what you're saying is once you're healed, you don't feel it? Once you're, you're healed... Safe enough to go into that environment? Yes, you'll be able to do it at a level when you're aware. You'll be able to use some self-soothing and some self-healing techniques and tools to that. Because unfortunately, all of life, anything you do, you're going to having to meet difficult and painful people. Mm -hmm. All right, I hear you. Yeah, thank but you very thank much. You I want to, first, I would like to thank you for this call. I guess I am not... No, it's not about you. It's about so many, so many people have that issue where there are family members or someone. There are family members that have an older sister, an older brother, an aunt. Every time there's a simcha, and that family member makes suitors. 
I mean, I can tell you that Baruch Hashem, at this amazing wedding that we had now with my brother and with his wife, with Yitzchak and Rifki, it's so beautiful. But there were huge, huge amount of things that were coming up. And I did as my positive, I pat myself on the back because as, and I do my therapy sessions as I have it done on me, I always start with the positives as well. And a lot of that was amazing how many systems that I had to deal with and whatever it was that me personally were going through, I was able to overcome them amazing and how it changed where in the past it would be so many bumps and it was just so smooth. And I know where I've said certain things at certain times. So once we change and somehow with those same people that would trigger you, they might not be negative. They might be amazing people, just a different language. And once we change, a lot changes. So that was one of the positives. I actually did thank Hashem tremendous that I was able to be in playing certain roles. You need to realize I'm a brother, but I'm not a father. But sometimes I take the role, then there's a cousin, then there's a this, a that. There are so many little roles that get played into that just balancing and juggling. And Baruch Hashem, I really thank Hashem for... So the the answer is what I'm hearing, that it doesn't really matter how... And you know all the other people are. That's right. It all depends on you. That's it. Now, now, hold on. So now I feel like thank you for the physics. Yes, beautiful. Beautiful. Now you got it. Let's give you that thanks, that round of applause. Let's recognize that to every negative person out there, there's always going to be someone that they're so positive. When I usually get those questions about those kids, when they say, my teenager doesn't listen to anyone. Oh, but there's one person he or she is afraid of. Let's recognize it's a language that when we learn to speak it, we will be able to be masters and to be able to overcome it and not see them, see the peacefulness and the happiness within ourselves. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, language is a communication Oh, but communication is a fancy word. No, no, I don't want to. Please don't use the word communication. I use that as one of the most distorted, meaningful words. Communication means... Can you clarify again, please? Sure. Communication means that if I speak and you listen, means we're talking. And if I speak English and you're speaking English, it means we understand each other's words. And from experience, I've seen that people speak French and speak Russian and they understand each other on the wink. And people that are speaking the same language language were brothers and sisters that are speaking from the same same concepts of wings and they're not getting each other so communication is a i would like to change that word is when you have your self communication your self understanding on how to survive that environment and i want you to know what you're asking again i need to just validate and sort of give you the chizik i don't know if it's about you or if it's about someone that you know or you're asking about difficult situations it's about me myself it's Okay. okay okay we all have that we all have those that's why i said we all have a family member like that a best friend like that a, a boss or coworker like that. We all have someone that we need to learn to work it out. And when we focus on ourselves, it's amazing how the whole dance changes. So that is true. I can I can validate what you said that it's amazing how it changes. But does it mean that when you change yourself, the entire family that is in denial will change? Not no. them. They will change when they're around you. Your conversation with them will change. They will continue everything that they're doing at any other time. Uh, uh, I get you. Yeah, they so, will know that when they talk to me, it's on my language. That's right. You will be your language, and then between themselves, it will be their language. Uh, 
Uh, and they'll be right, able to switch within seconds. That makes more sense. That's right. Now, chances are when it there's... like a fear that I had. No, and then what happens is when you change, there's someone, as I mentioned, like that, like that person I know with the two ants, all of a sudden, when you start having three people like that, then it starts making a whole vibrational change in the family. They start speaking, another one, another cousin. It starts making a change. Sometimes, unfortunately, these people then get attacked. There are some negative experiences that when people start being positive or creative, they start going, oh, you became this, you became that, you're changing right, this. Right. And, that, and then there's still more how to deal with that. There's still more about the words that we learn how to feel safe within ourselves and how that they shouldn't feel threatened. And we validate, right. we're not here to change you. No, we're not here to change. We're the same old people. We just have some more some more tools that's it i'm still the same old person you want to see how negative or cynical i can be oh you know that one that we went to this simcha haha you saw that smile i saw what she said about that one you can show that you still have they go oh you're still the same person that sees everything you just also learned another language too Mm -hmm. so there's a way to do things that people will not feel threatened by your changes All right. Thank you for the call and for for the the tremendous amount of information that causes such a common issue going on in today's generation. So why is it so common? I don't know. I've already, I've already, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. Miss E. Miss E, you're on with Mordechai Anissim. Yes, hi. You hear me? Oh, very clearly, Baruch Hashem. Okay, great. And I'm glad that these 40 minutes of butterflies are over, because I was going to hang up, because I couldn't handle it. But I, I decided that I'm going to I'm gonna stick to the challenge, so I'm glad I, I got here. So stop a second and appreciate yourself. There's an interesting study that I've mentioned once on here. I don't remember who was the psychologist, but what they did is they, gave, they put children in a room with a cookie, and they told them, if you don't eat it for three minutes... You're going to get two cookies. And it's cute when they put a video camera and watching the kids hold the cookie, look at the cookie, pick it up, put it down, smell it. It was adorable to see. But basically what they've discovered is that those children that had the self-restraint to hold themselves back, that first three minutes showed how successful they were in almost every area in their life, in scholastics, in marriage, in children, in business. That self-restraint that we can have to continue to persevere during the tough times is something we see later on. To have 40 minutes of butterflies in your stomach and to still remain just shows you a little about yourself that there must be major successes in other areas of your life as well. Okay, I don't know. I'm one of those people who, you know, like to see the negative. I don't like, but, you know, All right. I try. I so try. we just, we just helped the, you out. All, just, your, all your phone lines, all your radio shows, I... I get more and more awareness and, and try to appreciate myself more. Anyway, first I have uh, positive feedback. I just want to say this really quickly. I, I called before Hanukkah. I asked you about my son's uh, fear of fire. Yes. Okay, so I just want to thank you that uh, it's totally gone, and it's it's in the past. Nobody remembers it how it in this family. And I just want to um, tell everybody and basically share with you the awareness that I got was not only um, the fact that the exposure therapy worked, but that... In the beginning, it took a few weeks until I saw any progress at all, and I was thinking, you know, maybe I should call you back. Maybe um, I'm doing it wrong. Maybe this, you know, you know, this whole idea is not working here. And and then I realized that you know something, it just takes time. Sometimes, you know, the process is right, but you just 
need to wait. You need to have the patience. And, and, and Baruch Hashem, the fear is gone. He does not remember that he was ever afraid of fire. So... Wait, hold was, on, hold on. Thank you. Now, share us, share with us. What was your question? I remember it, but what was and what was the what was the advice that didn't even work right away, but you continued and it went, and I remember um, it. Basically, he he had a fear of fire. Yes. Uh, even little, even the stove, I remember. Right. That was the that was the big one that that was literally an impediment every single day while I was cooking supper. So that's that that was why I. I called you because I felt like, you know, he needed help. I was almost going to take him to a therapist because I didn't know what to do with him. And then you told me to just do the exposure with him and bring him close to the fire and show him that it's okay as long as mommy's here and it's controlled and and um, I'm watching and it's not, you know, nothing, it's not getting out of hand. And, and slowly but surely, we kept doing it again and again, and, and it took weeks. It really did. And and until we saw any change any progress, and, and Baruch Hashem, it's gone. Like, one day, I, I, I didn't even realize, you see, you only see the negative. It's so easy to see the negative. I didn't even realize his fear of fire was gone until suddenly so, it hit me, and I said, oh my, you see, he's not even afraid. Hold on, and now, so, let's help you identify that I do this as well with my clients, and when they tell me there's just a positive, I don't let them just do the positive, I help them identify what patterns they've noticed during the process. So let's start with what were some of the patterns that you noticed while you continued doing if there were no changes for the first week, chances are you would have stopped. What little you things? You sure you want to do this? Because yes. I have a question. Go, go ahead. Yeah, this is helping. This program is meant for awareness. There's so many parents that have children that are afraid of things like that. If we can right. help them, it's almost addressing so many parents listening. What did you do? And I'd like you to realize, notice I'm going to be giving you the credit. I just said words. You're able to implement it. What did you do? Take the credit and let's share what you did with others. Okay, sure. Um, I... I, I exposed him to the fire again and again and again. You put and him again right next I, to it? Did you put him like right by the fire and put his hand over it and say, look, it's not so I, bad? I put him right by the fire, right next to the stove, and my husband also kept telling him to close it. And in order to close it, you have to actually pass the highest, um, the right. high, you have to go by the highest flame. And he was so scared of that part, but he did it again and again, and he saw that, you know, at the end, with you know, the fire is going to shut. Hold on, and let's hit pause, pause. Okay. Let's recognize you had both parents with him, which is a tremendous security for children. I would like you to identify the positive strengths that you and your husband have done. So you were both there with him. You didn't just scream from the other end of the house, oh, yeah, uncle, turn the, sp turn the fire on. Is that what you did? <laughs> no, not at all. No. What did you guys do? I want you to identify the positive steps that you've done, why the positive changes has happened. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. Now put that, when you repeat the story, now put that in there. So me and my husband, two support systems to him. Go ahead. We stood next to him and we we were, you coached know, he him, felt, guided he, right, him. We coached him and we guided him and he felt Gave safe. Gave him reassurance. That's right. Felt safe. Notice all right. these aren't little things that just happen and poof, the kid's fear disappeared. No. You've right. given and he it. he didn't feel safe in the first uh, 20 times either, even though we were um, promising right. him that nothing is going to happen and, and, and you're safe and everything's fine. Even if we're adults and we said we could, you know, we could control this, we'll handle this, he didn't feel safe. It took a very long time. Yes. And, but we, we, we stuck to the process and we kept doing at it. And I also did another thing that you, you, you advised me to. Um, basically, I bought him a fire hat. Yes. And, I, you, know, you know, we kind of like role played and he was the fireman. First, he, he was so angry at me that I bought him this fire thing because he, this was like the last 
thing he would want to be. I asked him if he wants to be a firefighter on, on perm, and he was he, he couldn't he he couldn't think of of, of a worse um, scenario. And slowly but surely, it, it it was you know he got used to the fact, and he got used to it, and and then he even you know now he feels so strong and he loves this hat. Yeah. That's it. So. Beautiful for children. That's also very, very powerful. Getting into their imagination and giving them power in that imagination of their fears is very powerful. Yeah. Yes. So, and it's all, it's all in your trust. I mean, I know I, I didn't mind, but uh, you know, uh, without uh, we're you, we're going to do this a second happen. time tonight. Let's not go there. I've given the information, and you have done it twenty times. You and your husband together for several weeks that has broken through. Recognize yeah. that. If you would really be afraid, if you would have major fears of fire, those tricks wouldn't work. If you, have, you know that I do have a big fear of fire. It's one of my two major fears in my life. But then that's funny, why I'm I was so passionate about eradicating this fear in him. Now, why don't you try that? Have your husband there tell you, I am very supportive. I am trusting you. You're very safe. Play around with the fire. Try wearing the hat. You'll be surprised how it works with adults as well. It's on a whole different level. I'm afraid that, you know, there'll be a fire while I'm sleeping across the shelf and I won't know about it. First and the try that. Down. First try it's the first. Stove, you know? First try the first step. Now, isn't it interesting how you might have a fear about fire and how your children might develop it in a different place? That's the power I, I of the know. subconscious. Unfortunately, yeah. That's the power of the subconscious, the negative and as well for the positive. All right, now let's go to your yeah. question. Thank you for that. Harvness, what do you, you say to that nice positive? No comment. No comment. No, no really. It's, it's, uh, <clears throat> again, it's, we see another another person that really benefits from your show, and this is uh, really uh, to be. And a, it's a child, you know. It's, it's forget about me as the mother. I was so worried about it. It's, it's the kid, and look how how you helped him. You know, so it's amazing. Yeah. Okay, my question is like this. Um, I'm going to try to make it really fast. Uh, my husband basically he has a heart of gold and he, he he always he has this dream for many years he wants to open up a chesed organization in our community everybody talks about it in our community that it's it's lacking and you know we're in our 20s and he runs this very big business he's opening up in the next few weeks another business we're very busy people and and him of all people he wants to open this chesed organization and he has this dream for years and I will well, you just went silent. Hello? Ooh, we just lost you, just as it was getting better. All right, we'll still wait a second for you to call right back in if you recognize that you got disconnected. And um, we'll go to Miss G. We'll go to Miss G. Mrs. G, and then we'll go right back to you. Yes, Mrs. G, you're on. Yeah, hi. First of all, thank you for taking my call. You're so welcome. Um, I had a question. I'm like the type of person that... Whoa, it's just too quiet. Can you just speak a little powerful, a little bit more projection to your voice? Yeah. Okay. I'm the type of person that, um, you know, people ask me questions, and I'm very, like, open about things. And if you ask me to help you out, I usually, you know, I'll go out of my way and really help you out. And um, recently I got, like, really hurt by a family member who... Um, you know, she had a child recently, and she, you know, she waited a few years, but, you know, like, when I tried calling, even to just say, you know, just a mazel tov, she refused, refused to pick up the phone, and, like, you heard under her breath, like, you know, once when her husband did pick up the phone, something like, like, I don't want to talk, like, now, whatever, and, like, I feel like it's not, 
it's not like I was, I, you know, I ever ignored her. And it's not like she's, supposedly she was going to call me back, you know, in a while. She never really called me back. And I already, you know, I already gave up. Like, at this point, I called her more than ten times. She doesn't want to talk to me. That's fine. But I'm still really hurt about it. Excellent. So now let's take your question away from the story and, and take it into there. There might be uh, the program on in the background if you can close it. I'm, I'm here. No. No. Oh, because I was hearing the feedback. All right. No problem. Um, let's take the question. Your question is that there's someone that wants to end a relationship. But I don't know if she wants to end it or she. You know, like when someone, like they only know you when they need you, but then when you call them, like they don't need you right now, so they're okay. not going to talk. Okay. So now your question is that you have a relationship with someone that only, that you like to be around, you want to have that relationship, but they only want the relationship when they need you. Right. A one-way mirror. Now that's yeah. a reality. What would you like to do? Are you what, like... Like, what happens when she does call me? Like, Well, first of all, I'm a huge believer in just being open and telling this person, do you know, I called you two, three times, and I didn't feel as if you were, as if you were clear or as if you were there for me. But it's funny that I find whenever you need me, that's when you're there. I'm a big believer in being open. Being and what happens if it really hurts that person? Well, let's put it this way. The relationship sounds over. The question is, are you going to be mature about it and discuss it openly that maybe it could be saved? Or you're going to eat yourself up and it's going to end, if not now, six months from now or a year from now. A relationship that's one way cannot survive unless it's chesed. And then the relationship is still two ways. The Rabbi Shalom is going to pay you back. There isn't a relationship. You're paying. How much longer do you think you'll remain in pain with this person? How many times do you think when you know that they need a favor and sure enough, two hours later, they're calling you up, how many times do you think you're actually going to answer that phone? I'm probably the type to give in and I'm going to answer and I'm going to do the favor. Then I got a program for you to listen to on my program. There are several of them, so I'll tell you maybe to go online. They have it, I think, from JRoot, you can hook it up or on my program, winnerformula.com. And over there, there is all the shiurim, the names, the list, and you can listen to it from my phone line of 718-298-2011. It's in section one. One of them is codependence. Another one is about the beauty of no. No. It's not, no, probably it's going to take me, like, I would say she'll probably have to call about four or five times before I actually pick up, but I'm going to end up giving in. Okay. What, let's. I'm just going to say this just so we're clear. Your question has changed. Your question has changed from someone that is only a one-way giver and taker, what do you do about it, to now you're saying you're going to give in anyhow. So now what's your question? Because I'm still hurt about it. So what would you like to do about the pain? I don't know. Get rid of it and forgive her. Oh, Maybe so really what you're saying it. is you Maybe want someone really to slap you in your face... And then say, I want to forgive you and slap me again. And then I forgive you and slap me a third time. And then forgive me again. I forgive you again and slap me a fifth time. That's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like a relationship. It sounds like a one-way giving machine. Do you know, there's a Gaisha book that they read for children. I have no idea why. It's called The Giving Tree. 
It's like 50 years, and they have it in Barnes and Nobles and all these places. The most depressing book I've ever read, and I don't think any children should ever hear that. It's about this tree and this kid being raised, and the kid is saying, I need wood. So the tree says, here, take some of this. Then he comes back 10 years later, I need to build a house, and I need money. Then the tree like chops off all its leaves. Then there's just a stump, and then there's an old man. The guy comes back saying, my wife left me. I've got nothing. The house burned down, whatever it is. And then there's just a tree and this old man sitting together like it's just a, a, a stump, not even a tree because he cut himself off and says, well, at least we're together now. I, I've never read a more depressing story my entire life and it's got an Oscar, like nominees and people are reading it and it's like for children's book, I've never read a more depressing, don't, I just don't get the concept, honestly. And it sounds like you're talking and I hear that giving tree going on in my head. You're giving, you're, you're giving more than you want. If you say you're doing it as chesed, fine. Chesed, I relate to that. Right, but it can't, it can't be affecting you too much if you're doing it as chesed. Well, if it's affecting you that much, so now you got a problem, and that's called codependence. Not that it's not an official diagnosis like a diagnosis of but like... But it does happen in every family. It's not like, you know, I do hear, you know, from my friends and, you know... I agree. People, it does happen. Of it's course, like, of course. And the more it happens, the more we think it's normal. And then right. the more we think case, it's normal, the more that's right. And then the more it messes up when we get married, our marriages. How many times do you have shalom bayis? Oh, we got to go to your parents now. And then that sister is there or that brother is there. And then they start to fight. Oh, they have to get the biggest room. Their kids, we always have to be quiet when their kids are going to sleep. How many times do you have another family member saying, I'm just as big an action as the other one. And then two siblings can't come the same time for Shabbos. If we don't start addressing these issues and discussing it openly and stopping it, it just continues and it explodes. And as we call that Yerusha energy, as I call it, we see it three, four generations continuing. And you have a great grandparent saying, just give in. And I'm thinking to myself, Rabbi Nishlam, the giving in has what kept it going. Now, we're not saying don't give in, but there's a healthy process to it. If your solution is giving in or don't give in, you're not healthy. And that's why I tell everyone when you're stuck in codependence, if your solution is either yes or no, then we need, I always tell people we need five answers. After the yes and after the no, now give me three solutions, three more solutions. You're stuck in the trap. And it's hard to see that there are more solutions. But I felt like I can never say no. I exactly. You got two extremes. It's either yes or no, correct? That's how we know you're trapped. When you've only got two options, the two extremes, the two polar options. No, certain people, like... Uh, don't you know, go like don't friends. go certain people. Just stick to that one person that's got your buttons. It got my buttons because... Do you have any other option besides for yes and no? Well, my husband always says to just be a little nicer to her type of thing. So it's like a little bit hard. Ah, so now we've got the people reassured. All right, listen, this is... I've got an entire hours of program based on this. There's especially codependence, the beauty of saying no, and there are so many more, I just can't remember offhand what they are. All right, so listen to those, and you'll get a lot of tips. Okay, thank you. Sure. And someone asked, what was the online address where to see the list of the lectures? It's my website, winnerformula.com, winnerformula.com, where you can see the list of the lectures that are there. Thank you very much. Sure, you're welcome. We're going back to Mrs. E. Mrs. E. Hi. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. And thanks uh, for taking my call again. Sure. Okay, so. How are the butterflies this time, by the way? 
Oh, nothing. No Isn't it amazing? Whatsoever. Welcome to exposure therapy. You do it once, <laughs> you're on. Yeah. Hey, that's not so difficult. And then it goes again. So anyway, back to my question um, about my husband who has this dream of opening a, a, a big home of sorts, a uh, chesed um, organization in our community. I just uh, was, I just wanted to hear your thoughts. I don't have an exact uh, coherent question. I know you like to say, so what's your question? I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, this, on the matter. If, um, if you think that a person, you know, in his 20s who is so busy with so many other things and, um, and there aren't, there aren't, you know, older and wiser people out there who have done it in our community. If you think, you know, he could be successful and if he could actually do it. Not that I'm minimizing his, his strength. Like, I, 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 I support him and everything, and I keep telling him, sure, sure, go ahead, go ahead. Um, but on the other hand, I feel like I want to protect him from, from people's negative um, comments. And, like, there was somebody who tried doing it, and he stopped. And my husband spoke to him, and he said, well, if, if you do this, you should know that, you know, you'll have a great car. There's enough people who want to help, and unfortunately, there are enough people in our community who, who need the help. But you should know the reason I stopped doing it was because people were always complaining. People were always saying, oh, you're doing this and this, but what about that person who's in the hospital and, and, and you know, you didn't arrange any of her classmates to call her? Or, you know, people always had negative things to say, and there were also people who, you know, like the Hushua people in the community were upset because, you know, politics-wise, and, and they, they weren't given the credit, and the name wasn't under them, and there are so many things at play, and, and my husband says, I don't care what people say, and it's true, he really, really doesn't care what people say, and I'm so not like that, um, but I know it's not about me. But oh, it is like about you, that's what I think your question is. It's not supposed to be about me. Well, of course it is, if you're his this. wife, if you are his wife, it is about you as well. Which means... That being married, what happens to him will happen to you. Means if someone might be upset at your husband, they might call the house and yell at him, and you might get that phone call. Mm -hmm. I'm just, just thinking in my head, I'm smiling if I should share with you about my marriage. I think my wife is probably going to be listening right now. So I'm debating if I should share <laughs> with me going live and our... our, our our working that out, but I'll keep that private. Not every, you know. You also sound the type of person who doesn't care what people say. And you oh get boy, do I care! By the way, I you want you care? to know I really do care, and it does so affect me. I don't know me. how you do this. <laughs> yes, and like I told you, you know, when if if I'm not matzliach with someone, or if I've unfortunately made something a little bit worse, it hurts me a lot. So um, I it things, but I do feel that I try to answer in a way that I feel safe and I feel secure. And if someone is upset, I can think about do are they right? And if they're right, it will hurt me a little bit, and I would try changing. So as long as I'm changing in the in the shifting mode, I can handle it. Like when many people have told me I should stop calling women, you know, by their first names when they call up, I didn't have a solution. And then when right. someone said, why don't you just do whatever, and I, then it wasn't even their advice. I don't think so. It was my idea saying, oh, I can do it this way. So when I do something wrong, and even if I don't have the solution to it, I would still be thinking and davening for siyata deshmaya, and Hashem will send it. So now let's get something clear. Your question is twofold. Number one, can your husband do that, jump into that? Of course he can. And will he get burnt? Of course he will. Will he merge Hashem be matzliach? That's up to Hashem. And every person that he helps while he's doing that, that's great. And I would just like to defend when you've said something that just because we're public, and I, I find a large part of this program is 
I don't enjoy. No, it wasn't anything negative. I know, no, I just the, know. Just when we mentioned right. about some rabbanim or some people that no, are leaders. No, I wasn't talking about rabbanim. Oh, people who like like machers, you know. Oh, machers, they, fine. That's they would okay, have right? Because to be under them. Very good. Okay, got That's you. That's what I meant. I would now never, about you know, twenty. If you would know the amount of gedolim we just had, so I was just reading a little bit. Rab Shamshir Falls Hirsch's yard site was this past week. I think I saw at sixteen years old he already became a rav of one of the small towns. And he was fighting the reform movement at a young age, and he wrote the famous 19 letters. The, like, this unbelievable. If we would start going through our Gedolim that started, and of course they were knocked and attacked for their age, but they are still respected. And later on, the Gedolim that have picked them up, I've seen it. So what I would like you to realize is don't look at age. Don't look at age. Now, the question is that your husband, I would ask your husband and you to sit down together, is how can you two both work it out that it will be safe for you? We don't know. I mean, I don't know because I don't know what it involves. Sure, well, think about it. What would it be that would make it safe? That people won't call if someone calls? Do you know how many times when someone asks me, are you Mordechai Weimager? And I go, I'm a very close relative of his. There are times when I'm with the kids, or just two weeks ago, I was davening in shul, and I had my kids, I had to take my kid to art, and so on and so forth. It's so bashert, I saw you, Mordechai, because I've got a question to ask you. I said, if you can't ask your question as I get to the car, because it's going to be late to my kid, and I can't do that to her. And they go, yeah, it's literally a second. I said, great, so walk with me to the car. I go, no, 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 it's probably a 10-minute question. I go, well, right, and i got to take care of my kids. So many times when someone stops me, are you Mordechai? I go, I'm a very close relative. I look just like him. But the purpose is because I don't want to tell them no. I don't want to be hurtful to them. But I still got to do my fatherly roles or just the simple stuff. Sure. What solutions can you guys come up with that if your husband's going to get into some some asconis where there can be some attack that it won't cut, get to you? Yeah, you have know. a right to be afraid. You have a right as his wife that you will get affected. You might get stressed. You might get anxious the more he's doing things. Or if he's getting into a fight or someone's upset at him and you hear that phone call, it might be so stressful. You might tell him, you know what, this Askanis, please do not do an else. I don't want to know one word about it. But I appreciate it. I'll even give you chizik, but I can't hear the tension or the stress. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so not about me. You know, oh, oh, don't, care. don't, don't. That's the beauty of marriage. We become one. And whatever we don't acknowledge, it will hurt us. He has this positive part of him that, that he, he really seriously Yes, but care. you don't. You don't have that yet. And that will affect him and it will affect you. Right. Sure it will. Sure mm-hmm. it will. I could tell you it affects my wife, it affects my kids. Baruch Hashem for the positive. But there's going to be negatives. It's just part of reality. Right. Sure it affects you. And that's part of what's got to be discussed ahead of time. Right, and you, you say that he should just jump into it and, uh, and uh, uh, I will not do that. None of my clients will ever <laughs> quote me on ever telling them to do anything. Please right. don't do that. Okay, and I just... What I am saying is for someone that has the power, right. the talent to do Askanis, I usually recommend start it and make sure you get one or two, three people that are Askanim that would love to help you build it up, that will be able to share with you their experiences. Right, and we have that in place. Also. Excellent. And then the only way to learn is by jumping in, just like marriage. Right. You can date and date, and then somewhere you got to say, oh, we're really going to be getting engaged? Like, you know, there's that scare where you got to jump in. It's the same with everything. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you so, so take much. care of yourself. Recognize that all his char that he gets is equally yours. 
and you got to take care of yourself as well for it to succeed. You need the wife's bracha. Someone just told me a great story by Reb Chaim Kanievsky promised him that he will be very, very successful in a certain line, and he wasn't successful. He goes to Reb Chaim Kanievsky, and Reb Chaim Kanievsky tells him, I see that your wife is mispal. You shouldn't be successful. She doesn't want you to do that line. So oh, he asked wow. his wife, and his wife said, "Yes, it's true. I don't want. I don't <laughs> want that to happen." So I want us to wow. recognize wives have a huge koyach, and the Gemara says the bracha of parnosa comes with chusta wives, and so many other things come with chusta wives. If for him to really be successful, you need to be safe and on board at least where you're protected or in that your needs are met. It's very important. The reason why I'm staying on your question so much is because so many people are doing askanas, but the families are falling apart. That's not askanas. Please, please balance the two. Please do that. It's, it's, it's very easy to say, but it's probably very, very hard for people once they're in it. You know, it's it's... it's it's probably very hard for people to balance. When you see the need and people are, are in need, you want to help them, and, and, and you're in it already, but you have a family, so I... Ah, I, I balance. Guess, yeah. I understand how difficult, but we have an achrayas to our family first. As a right. husband, I've got to tell you that I always keep in mind how much is the balance happening with my family, with my my husband role, my 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 role as a father, and my role as a... As a as a, as a yid comes first, and I want to hear of Nissen, someone that juggles more than anyone that I know that, and I would like to hear his take. No, You're that, an <laughs> Unfortunately, no, not. Well, I tell you that uh, I started Askanut uh, quite late in my age, you know, but uh, starting that uh, when we opened the, the synagogue, and I found myself very soon uh, inside the, the deep water with a families with problem and people approaching us and me and my wife wasn't prepared to this you know and then we start question rabbis and get advice but we went together one by one and uh, you know right now it's so it's na- somehow natural and I don't say that we don't have the conflicts and some so many times my wife get complaints about me and she complains uh, about me that I'm not so ti- many times and the, also also the kids sometimes you know God, you know I tell you I, I, I become a somehow public figure and I get invitation to so many weddings and uh, stuff like this it's also part of a <laughs> big burden in a certain way I'm besimcha I'm taking it but we have the family we have to do those things that we have to do as a parent as a husband as a father you know just have to have to, to work on this and it's, it's difficult to balance but Baruch Hashem uh, we are trying to do the, the right stuff and I, I think that it's, it's not easy and as as a wife, uh, I think that you have to to give the the backing to the husband if you want him to to do this. But uh, as, as you say, husband uh, husband is not happy. It's not a, a marriage. It's not happy marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Both sides. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank so much you. for your time and your great advice. You're welcome. You, You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. Now you can appreciate my wife. <laughs> or, or really appreciate her. I appreciated her from day one, from your yes. first uh, radio show. Yes, yes. Okay, Someone thank sent you. Us, you're welcome. Someone sent us a nice message to the previous caller before, and that was about the one that people call whenever they have a need. And it's, I have a good line for the person that just called. Don't feel bad if people only call you when they need you. Feel privileged that you're like a candle that comes to their mind when there is darkness. 
very nice concept that when people call you only when they need you, it's not because they don't appreciate you. They might be busy with other stuff, but when they have a time of need, you're that light, you're that candle in the darkness. What a beautiful concept. So we'll go to Miss M. Miss M, you're on with Mordechai and Nisim. Yes, good evening. Thank you for taking my call. I my. really appreciate your your radio program, and I would like to give you a bracha that you should be able to be able to continue to do this for many, many, many more years. Amen. But you should not have too many clients. Amen. Amen. Let's have the gula shalema because that's the only way I see that happening. And let me figure out then what to do for Parnasa. So I, my question is as follows. I work with the geriatric population, and the geriatric population could be, how would we say, at times, challenging. Yes. I deal with the population that has Alzheimer's. Oh. Every day that I come home, I say to myself, bench that I could do things that I can't. I say, Baruch Hashem, that I could do what I could do. Yes. Now, sometimes I find myself as a caregiver getting frustrated. And I know 90% of the time it is the illness that the clients are acting the way they are. So my question is, how do I get not frustrated with them and let them be the way they are? Wow, you've just hit, thrown a huge, a huge bomb, or sort of, I, I don't like to diffuse that. There are so many components. Let's start with number one, the chizuk. I'm or, sorry about that. No, no, I feel it's so important. I feel it's so important. And there are so many, today's generation, they're starting, there are several support groups out there for, for, it's almost like you're the sandwich generation. You've got parents or that needs extensive help when they're old timers. It's either they're in the house or in the hospital or in the nursing homes, assisted living, wherever it should be. They don't know who you are. They're difficult. They're painful. It's watching it. It's sometimes fighting with staff members to get that. And then you probably have children that are either in the house or children that are married that you need to balance all that. Shabbosim, who's going to be there? And if you're not on top of them it just deteriorates. It doesn't happen. Like you don't have your. The Gemara uses a language kareach mikan, kareach mikan. Someone that's being pulled on both sides. And I'm going to use some words that number one we need to start before anything else is self care. Self care means if you don't take care of yourself, as they teach in the airplanes, you first got to put on your oxygen mask, then on the children. Lifeguarding, you first make sure you're safe before you're trying to save the person. Because if not, more people are lost. And what happens is, I've just shared with people that I just took today, I took yesterday and today off of work, and I went skiing today. It happens to me, I'm not telling that to people, but like one of my, like one of my foot muscles are like so, it's cramping up, that I'm like trying to like uncramp it while listening, and the pain is excruciating. But the concept is, you need to take care of yourself, you need something. I needed something that is nature, I am alone, away from people. I'm able to connect to me to the Rabbi Shloilam. It has to be physical. There are so many criteria that I need for me, what's important to me. And Baruch Hashem, I was able to find it in certain exercises. Summertime, I like doing hiking. But let's go take back to you. What can you do to get out of the whole rush and then you'll feel like a different person? Oh, what I've been doing with this 
specific science is giving them different exercises, sort of like mind games. They know they know my name. They don't know anybody else's name that's around them, but they know my name and they call my name. Okay. If I, if I leave the room, she will go after me. Yeah. Because I am her. The only her, you're her only her anchor. You're her anchor to sanity. Correct. A security blanket. Of course, you, that's right. And how much harder is that every time you feel guilty when you leave? And every time I leave, they always ask me. That's right. What, and then they'll cry, and and then they'll lay the guilt. And how can you do that? No, they don't say that. They oh, Baruch Hashem. So you spared she, that. She tried, she tried that the first time. What I said to her is, um, I will be back in Meta Hashem tomorrow. Meta Hashem will go to seeing you tomorrow. Yes. So but what is your self-care? I'd like to start there. How do you take care of yourself, of balancing and juggling everything besides seeing a, a parent or someone that you love all your heart deteriorate in front of your eyes each day or each week or each month? Something else is missing. Something else is gone. And you see it getting worse and worse. And as of now, they don't have yet a refuah for that. How are you dealing with that? It's very difficult. I, I know it's difficult. I'm asking again. Forgive me for being pushy. How are you dealing with it? So that's where I come in. I help the family. That's where I am. I am the anchor that helps the family. How are you dealing with your stuff? What's your break? What's your vacation? Shabbos. No, not... Okay, fine. You know, I can't judge. How is Shabbos your vacation? I get to sleep. I get to relax. Now, what are your duties? Are you married? Do you have children that are expecting you to be available then for them? They know that Shabbos is my time for downtime, my children, and everybody else knows that it's my downtime. Between this and this hour, I cannot be, I am not available. Okay, so that's how you recharge yourself. Correct. Beautiful. Now, is there anything uplifting that you do besides for the quietness? For example, when I, let's say, go skiing or when I'm attuned to nature, it's not that I'm only away from people. It's that I get reconnected to the Rabbi Shalom. It's like I feel this huge source, like the path is, again, clear, me to him. There's an energy. There's an oh, excitement. What excites I like you? To do, what I like to do to recharge is, actually, I like to do yoga. You like? Okay, Great. Great. How often do you do yoga? Sometimes two times a week, sometimes three times a week. Okay, because I know that many times I like telling myself that I take the time off, but I only do it once in several months. <laughs> so I go for therapy once a week, which keeps me sane, but it doesn't recharge my batteries. I would say it it keeps me focused and it keeps my and my battery at the same voltage, but it's not recharging. No, but I actually do feel much better after. Great. If you do it twice a week, that's amazing. What I'm saying is how many times do we think we're doing it twice a week, but in reality it's only happening once in two months? 100%. Excellent. 100%. Okay, so now let's go back to what would be, what is your question? So my question is, you know, how do we get everybody's, unfortunately, like the younger generation doesn't understand Unfortunately, what a Holocaust survivor is. How do we bring it to the general public that, you know, these are not just old ladies. These are hush of people. Like, I was 
walking today with my client, and there was a little kid that says, oh, hi, old lady, and it was a from kid, and I said, don't you mean to say, hi, Bubby? I said this yes. to the kid. Don't yes. you mean to say, hi, Bubby? So the kid says, hi, Bubby, and I said that. So like, I will share with you that we, as, as I've said, we just had my brother's, you know, my brother Bachshem just got married, Yitzchak Weimerger, to Rifki Landau. Beautiful. Now it's Yitzchak and Rifki Landau. But at Shabbos Eifrov, I spoke. And since it's from the boy's side, we had a schuss to have my grandmother there. And she's an Auschwitz survivor with the with the ink on her hands. It starts with the letter A, and you're not able to really read the other letters. But I said, yeah. it's such a schuss to have Bobby there, and she has now one more grandchild, Mertzeshem, her last of the grandchildren getting married in two weeks. And it's such a schuss to have her at Shabbos Eifrov. And she is such a pride of the family. And someone came over to me after, and it was from the other side, and said, what a schuss to have a grandmother there that went through Auschwitz and that has like those the green, the the blue greenish ink still on her hands, and she's here to see a generation get married. What a schuss to have her around. And my grandfather, which was such a great tzaddik, was unfortunately just nifter this summer. But... Yes, it's about how we speak about them, and we don't have that many of them left. They got to be yeah. now in their nineties for them to be to for them to be around. Exactly. But I'll tell you, I find that a little bit it's the lacking that we're not exposing. We're not having our children go to places, Shabbos, volunteering. I think every organization should be saying we have so many volunteers. We have Bacharim and teenage girls that are volunteering in the old age homes, learning how to nurture, learning, learning how to give. Now, Chasron, I'm not talking about taking it off of learning time, of off of tire time. I'm not talking about that now. I'm just talking about in general helping. In yeshivas, to have you know, to have the rebbeim help out. There's always a bach that needs a little extra help. Every boy should have it. I know in the Lubavitcher system they have a concept called a mashpia. You have a 16-year-old bacha learns, let's say, with a 12-year-old bacha once a week. The concept that it goes older and younger. I love that idea. It's a beautiful. Mashpia, you know, a mashpia is, is something totally, totally different. A is in Lubavitch. No, no, I know the mashpi and Lubavitch. There are two things. There's a mashpi where everyone is connected to someone, but then there's also in the yeshiva system. I know in Ole Torah, I know in a couple of yeshivas here where they have that. I did my, yeah, I I know that. Where they still have the older bachram learning with the younger bachram. Besides oh, nice. for a mashpia where you're someone that you're connected to, older, which even when you're married, you have that. But wow. I'm referring to they also have in the bachram. That's, there's a lot that I feel we can create that where we can give our children to interact. I have my children read sometimes the messages that people ask me the questions I should address on my phone line every day. I have a daily question and answer. Now we're two weeks about medication, back and forth. Pros, cons, health, you know, the damages that it causes to other family members when a parent or when a sibling doesn't want to take it. On the other hand, people sharing their unfortunately negative side effects to the medications, the back and forth. But I have sometimes my children just read it to be aware. Look at some of the pain that's out there and appreciate how lucky we are. But I do believe an awareness is needed to be created. And and you can maybe speak to schools themselves, speak to any of the schools, say, I have over here a client, I have an older lady, she's got Alzheimer's, but can we bring her into a class to imprint the image that, wow, we're zeichet to have that. Have schools, I've seen a beautiful school where, where 
I was just in the, since the Kala, we're going, they're getting a lot of airtime today, but since the Kala is Landau from the Vretsky Landau's in the school in Flatbush, we were just in the yeshiva, and they have a, like a picture of each child, like they had to do like a book report on their grandparent. And they had like just a picture of the grandparents down the hall. So one of the classes had that. It was beautiful to be able to see how someone is writing about a grandparent or a great-grandparent probably at that age because the grandparents looked like in their 80s and the kids are writing it probably in second, third, and fourth grade. M- more of this awareness, more of these questions to be brought into the schools, more of us parents connecting our children, bringing them to this grandmother, hear a story where they were during the war, how was their parents before the war, even if they were in America or whichever country they were in. But the problem is not all of them are coherent to do that. That's the only problem. So we can share stories just being around them. We have enough coherent parents out there. A hundred percent. But the thing is, you know, like the, the generation, the younger generation, is so afraid to get close to the Taylor and the Yeah. That's what I call them. I we call will. Them. So I then that to that recommendation is really just to get the schools to say, hey, how would you like to volunteer and get one of your student or get your students to start coming by, and it will change the student for life. Okay. The res- so the problem with that is the schools are afraid. Okay. Let's. I'll tell you what. Let's continue this next week. All right. And we'll try to brainstorm some more ideas how to get the schools and how to get people more interacted, helping out our geriatric population which in our world, we know in the from world, we look up to them, and Absolutely. we find a scho- we, it's a schos. They're one generation closer to Mat and Torah. But yes. listen, if you could get a, a patient that has Alzheimer's to remember her name and my name and where she lives and her address, I think it's a big accomplishment. Yes, yes it is. Yes it is. And thank you, and Tiskel and Mitzvah, so keep on doing your okay. great, the okay. great work that you're doing. All right. Hi. Chaim, you're on with Mordechai and Nisim. Hello? Yes. Good evening. You have a question about friendships. Yes. Yeah, um, I have a problem. I have my friends. They hurt me. Wait, if you can repeat that again. Maybe if you can speak a little louder. Hello? Yeah, I have a problem making friends. Okay, how old are you? 18. 18. And you have a problem making friends. What's yeah. your problem making friends? It's very hard. It's I, I don't know how to communicate with people. What holds you back from communicating? It's just, it's just embarrassing a little bit. It's embarrassing. Do yeah. you have friends? Well, I've got two full programs on how yeah, to I make... Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. Okay, so tell me some of the points you heard from those programs. I heard about that. My parents supposed to make you... No, uh, that's, not, that's not me. No, I don't involve parents that much. No, uh, we do have. I'm saying I do have where parents should get you to interact with them, but no, uh, no, I focus more on you. What yeah. can you do? What tools did you hear about you? It's very easy to ask others to do. Yeah. I can share with you some of those ideas. Some of those ideas on how to make friends are to be around people. Right. So if you're in a bismedrish, just be around there. Stay. Don't I'm come. I'm All right, chavrusas. What about your chavrusas? Yeah. Chavrusas. Yeah. Do you have chavrusas? No. Why not? So it sounds like your question might be a little bit more complicated than just making friends, Reb Chaim. Is that yeah. possible? Yeah, I think so. All right. Great, my I friend. I have Shabbos also. I have a hard time getting out of the house and yeah. talking to inappropriate people. 
Yep, 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 my friend. I hear a lot more in your question than you are. I need, I need a lot of help. No, that's not where I'm saying. What I'm saying is I just don't want to discuss it publicly. That's yeah. all. I heard, I heard already past and a lot of past and a lot of present. I heard a lot of stuff there. It's, yeah. yeah. Reb Chaim, so, thank you for being brave to call so up. What should I do? I should listen to your phone line? Um, what I would recommend is you to ask your parents if they would be willing to send you to a therapist or somewhere that I can... I went a year ago. I went about a year ago. For they how long? Want, they didn't want, I didn't change anything. How long did you go to the therapy? For six months, for a whole year. One, one week at a time? Yeah. All right, then I would the recommend... Name, I don't want to give the name. You don't want the name of the therapist, right? Say that again? You don't want the name of a therapist, right? No, please don't. Not on air. Okay. We wouldn't want to do that to them. No, I would I would be petrified if my clients would be calling up. Right. Everyone that I didn't help say, hey, Mordechai, you know, you're one of those guys that couldn't help me. No, right. we don't want to do that. But what I would recommend is then try another one. Uh, yeah, but I also talk to my cousin a lot, also like that. That's great, but stick to a licensed professional therapist. I heard a lot in your right. question. I usually don't say that. And someone that is ABA true. approved. No, that's ABA. Not just therapy. We don't want to talk about in? ABA means behavioral focused. Means we don't want to talk I don't want you to go to a therapist and talk about your past and talk about your mommy and your tati. We don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about the grounded solid tools. What will you do? What will you discuss? How do you discuss it? What's your body language? Do you make eye contact? I could already hear that your body language is slouching. You don't make eye contact when you speak to people. You I don't speak fin to people, but it's very hard. I know, I know. So I go to Seal on Shabbos, right? Yeah. So I have a hard time speaking. They, they don't sometimes ignore me. I know, know. I got you clear. That's why we want ABA. Yep, my friend. ABA means attention? ABA, no. ABA means it specifically focuses on behavioral. Association okay. of Behavioral Something. All right. We got okay, enough time you. for someone else, Rav Nissen? Thank you very much. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you. Miss A. Miss A. We'll go to Miss A. Miss A? Yes. Oh. How old are you? Ten, ten years. Ten years old. Wow. And how long do we have? We have uh, basically two minutes. We have two minutes. So let's hear your question. When I talk to my teacher, I speak, I speak too quiet. When I try to speak louder, it is even more quiet. I try very hard to speak loud, but my voice gets get stuck. Okay, so first let me tell you that I know you can speak very loud to your teacher. And do you know how I know that? Because you're speaking so loud and clear... On this phone line, on this radio. So do you? So I know you can do it. Now, what I'd recommend is for your mommy to speak to your teacher, and that your teacher should first practice with you when no one's in class. Let's say come five minutes early to class, and to have you practice, ask a question, like teacher Omora, where are we holding? And then you'll do it once, and the teacher will ask you say it louder. And then louder. And then the fifth time, you'll almost be screaming, Mauro, where are we holding? Then she'll say, okay, now do the same thing in class. You'll practice once. Like, she'll prepare a question with you. Ask, like, what's one plus one? Or she'll ask an answer, and you'll practice saying the answer. And you can practice ahead of time. So with the way you asked your question, I know you can do it confidently. You just need someone to help you break out of your shell. So was your parents listening to this? No. No? Oh, we got ahead of time. Your parents gave you permission, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. we got that. 
that your parents give permission. So have your parents listen to this, and your parents will speak to your teacher. And with Siata Deshmai, you'll see how easy it's going to be for you to ask your questions loud and clear. Thank everyone for listening and for all those people holding. I apologize that we didn't get to your calls with Siata Deshmai. We will have you back next week for your questions and comments. And thank you, Rav Nissen, every time for this amazing, wonderful program for being the amazing Shliach.